Hello, everyone, and welcome to Voice Podcast. My name is Reed, and we are joined by... Hi, guys. My name is Leighton. I'm one of the executive producers here on the SA Voice Podcast, and I'm stepping behind the mic again this week to uh, kind of get a little different perspective. Leighton's been a big help these past few weeks, so we want to thank Leighton for uh, filling in yeah, and uh, adding fun. a lot of voice to the it's been fun. to Voice Podcast. There you go. So, eh? uh, so what do we have today, Leighton? So today, um, kind of more of a serious subject. We're talking mm. with the chaplain, uh, Kathy. She's an awesome lady. Um, and and today we're going to delve into the subjects of relationships, safe sex, consent, and overall mm-hmm. mental health about kind of the stigmas that follow relationships and uh, some of the heavier conversations about um, why sex is so prevalent among young people. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's going to be a bit of uh, it, it, it's a, it's going to be a very interesting conversation yeah. today. Um, and do, do you mind? Do you want to give us some background on Kathy and what she does? Sure. So the school? She, uh, she's the Kingston chaplain here. Um, so she uh, her position is just to, to provide a lot of uh, support. So mentally, um, a lot of students are struggling when they go when they come to college. They don't really know how to be successful academically, and a huge part of it is socially and also relationship wise. A lot of people who are come to coming to school, um, they're young. They're moving away from home for the first time. They might be living in residence. Not all all the time. Not every case, but. Um, it's just a big change for people and getting, you know, taking that first step and getting in a relationship with somebody is always a big deal, mm-hmm. right? So um, whether it's your first boyfriend, first kiss, whatever it is, it's always a big deal. And it's always good to know that um, there's somebody in the school that you can talk to about anything yeah. like that. So yeah. Kathy, well, um, the chaplain it predominates like a religious based kind of position. But she's not exactly. It's but for anybody of any faith. Yeah, and yeah. it doesn't have to be from religious background. Uh, no, it, it, it can does be not. Just completely exactly. counseling based yes. uh, sort of conversation. Yeah. So, and it doesn't. You don't even have to come with her. Come to her. Excuse me. With something heavy, mm-hmm. you can just come and tell her something good. Right. Tell yeah. her something good. Just make a new friend. And Kathy. Um, She's a great lady, and she's made quite a heavy impact, uh, um, smile-wise and um, relationship-wise. She makes everybody happier that she just yeah. meets. She's one of those people that just brightens everybody's day. So she's been a great help to us here. Well, that's great. Well, uh, can't wait to get started yeah. with her. So you're um, gonna see us. We're gonna jump yeah. next door for the interview with her, and then we'll uh, we'll jump back here. So let's get to it. Okay. Right on. Well, uh, so Kathy, why don't you start by introducing yourself and tell us what you do here at St. Lawrence? Sure. Yeah. So I'm Kathy Deering. Um, and I'm the chaplain here at St. Lawrence uh, at the moment, just on the Kingston campus. But we're actually chatting about, poss- actually, I am already working a little bit in Cornwall and Brockville. Oh, tri campus. Uh, unofficially tri campus oh, a little bit. That's awesome. So will that involve a bit more traveling in your duties, I guess? Yep, it would be every day? Bit. Maybe not every day. Okay, that's all about it. Especially in the winter, right? Yes, exactly. So, so, yeah. so what brought you here to St. Lawrence? Um, so. Um, I am, my husband and I pastor a church and we've been in Portsmouth for 20 years. And so we've always kind of had our eye on St. Lawrence and we've always had students in our lives that are here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about five years ago, um, I started working at a campus ministry at Queens and we just had no presence here at St. Lawrence. And so I was like, that's just not right. We should, we should be here as well. So we found one student who was interested in starting a small group here and she found a couple friends. And so for about a year and a half, I would come here for one small group. And then I thought, wait a minute, I think there's a chaplain here. I should maybe let her know I'm here and see if I can help in some way and just mm-hmm. let her know, you know, that I'm around and available. And when I met with her eventually, she was essentially working three jobs and really stretched and said, like, do you want my job, basically? And so I was like, okay. And so last fall, so it's been about a year, three semesters now. 
that I've completed here okay, at, wow. in that role. Nice. Good for you. Yeah. So um, for those of us who aren't familiar with your role, can yeah. you tell us um, what are some of the duties that, that you do in your role? Yeah. So um, I would say uh, there's sort of three hats that I wear. Um, so one is a spiritual coordinator. So we have a lot of international students. So I've had students come to me. They're like, I'm Muslim, I'm Buddhist, I'm Hindu, um, I'm a Sikh. I'm looking for resources in the community. I'm looking to get support for my faith, um, for, for anyone of any faith background that's looking for support in their own, own you know, denomination yeah, or yeah. Okay. faith group. Um, so that's one hat. Uh, my second hat I would say is just supporting Christian kids because that's my personal faith background. Right. And so um, I think right now we're running about six small groups that are, we call them huddle groups that are um, kind of about just living intentionally and practicing our faith together as Christians on the campus. And then the third hat that I wear, and I do mentoring and, and kind of Christian counseling, I would say, through that role in leadership training. Uh, and then the third one is just, I'm really passionate about student wellness, yeah. helping students thrive and flourish while they're here. And so how can we impact culture? How can we change um, our environment so that students really feel seen, they really feel like they belong? So that kind of wellness piece is something I'm really, really passionate about. And, and really, it's spiritual resilience that's answering the question, why am I here? What's the point? Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Like on the earth and at SLC. And I think <laughs> often when students move away from home, they start to ask some of those questions or sometimes they get so distracted but then there's a crisis someone gets sick someone dies um health issues and then all of a sudden those questions come to the surface and students panic and struggle and so just to help students kind of navigate their own answers to those questions is something i really am passionate about yeah that's good Wonderful. so um you don't have to be um of a religious faith or denomination to use your services absolutely not right. and if, i would say half who come to me we talk about mental health like yeah. Health, yeah. so emotional health, something mm -hmm. I talk to students a lot about, mental health, physical health sometimes, yeah. right? It's all just part of being well. Right, that's right. good. So yeah, you're just you're you're just really supporting students in a way that um, allows anybody to come and see you within your open door policy, book an appointment, and um, you're just really someone to talk to that students can be comfortable with. Yes, and yeah. I think the difference between me and counseling, so I do have a counseling background, um, but with counseling services, the focus generally is short-term crisis management. Okay. And so um, the model that we use in Kaplan, Chaplain Services is more relationship. Mm -hmm. It's building relationship that's fluid, that's ongoing. Mm -hmm. It's a little less structured than counseling. So I take students out for coffee. Okay. or uh, It's about building relationships. Yeah. And, and a lot of the research has said especially with mental health and, and self-issues, self-esteem issues. Uh, those issues are better worked on in a relationship-rich environment. So to kind of pay somebody to tell you that you have value and worth is different than somebody <laughs> walking that out with you in a relationship context. Yeah. So yeah. anyhow, so that's kind of what I'm passionate about. Yeah, doing. that makes sense. That's yeah. good. Um, so do you have any uh, a story that uh, about St. Lawrence that you have? And if you don't have one, I guess um, if you're not able to answer that, w what's sort of your favorite thing about helping students and maybe you can answer both or, or and, and just guiding them okay um well i grew up at st lawrence college my dad worked here when st lawrence was still in the basement of lcvi high school their oh. first year in like 1967 i did not know that that's yeah. i went to lc so that's funny oh really yeah, yeah. yeah well that's where st lawrence started no way and then he was here his whole career that was until like the 90s 
And so, like, I came here and sat on Santa's lap. He was in the business department, and there was these weird machines with a card in them we'd poke holes in. I still don't understand. I just asked <laughs> What's him, going on what there? were those machines? <laughs> what were those holes we were poking? I'm not sure. Some kind of card to speak to a computer or something. Anyway, so I really grew up here, mm-hmm. and so it's neat to be kind of back Absolutely. in a different w- w- What's sort of the difference that you see? Obviously, there's a huge change in the structure of the building probably. It's a lot smaller than it was when I was a little girl. Oh, really? Because <laughs> wow. I was so little. Right. So the place felt really big. And actually, that's what I love, having worked at Queen's and here. Queen's is so spread out. I just feel like there's a tight-knitness mm-hmm. about St. Lawrence that is really neat. We're all in one building, mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and the sense of community, and, and I think my favorite thing, you didn't really ask me this question, but I'll tell you anyway. Please do, please do. <laughs> my favorite thing about St. Lawrence is every staff member that I personally have met, whether it's uh, you folks working at the front desk in the Student Association, whether it's the CEO of the college or people that are cleaning the floors, people love students. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I see a lot of passion for students and care for students and, and not a lot of jaded, tired pulling a paycheck people that work here. And I love that the culture I feel like mm-hmm. is, is really helpful. It's a helping environment. It right? really yeah. is. Yeah. Um, if, if you were to go back on your first day uh, from when you started here, or, or if someone, if you were to give advice to someone that was starting, what, what, what would that advice be? Starting to work here, starting to work here, starting to study here, or just being in this environment? I guess I would say be yourself. I think we get so self-conscious about how we're coming off and what am I wearing? And I think what we need is more of us to be willing to just be your quirky self Mm -hmm. and, and invest in relationships, take a risk, be, you know, your weird self. And I think that gives other people permission to do the same. And then we have a really authentic place to work and study and be Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that, well, that's sort of like one of the first steps into building a healthy environment, right? Is not building that stinginess. hundred percent. You know, yeah. Just free flowing conversation. Right. So, yeah, exactly. Well, that's great. Um, so one of the main things we'd love to kind of to breach today in today's topics, um, it, our relationships, you know, we're getting close to Valentine's day, the big day's coming up. You don't have to be in a relationship to celebrate it. Um, but we were wondering if you could maybe share some of your insights on, what are a lot of the issues that some of the younger people, younger couples are going through these days? We know that um, you know financial stress is a large issue. Being at school away from away from their hometown and their parents is also stressful. Um, what kind of things are are really affecting um, younger students these days? And what are some of the mechanisms that we can um, educate them and arm them with to kind of just give them a tip or two as they head into this kind of month? Yeah, that's a big question. Um, I would say as far as the first part of your question, what are the issues that I think are facing young people? Well, um, it's funny. I was just uh, doing some research last week, and in Canada, we are actually, they're calling it a mental health crisis among youth. So I think we're really at an acute stage, and I think this generation are feeling it the most, of, of just not feeling well yeah. in mm. the core of our being. And to me, uh, you know, that we define actually mental health involving that spiritual health piece. So again, spiritual health isn't, do you go to church or synagogue or mosque? It's what's the point? How do you answer that question? Why am I here? Who am I? That's spiritual health. Um, and so I think in the context of that crisis, um, a lot of students feel like life is, becomes a performance. 
And so they're coming into relationships with friendships, relationships with their peers or acquaintances, as well as kind of int- more intimate relationships with a performance mindset. It's exhausting. It's mm-hmm. awful. And I think a lot of us, we just need a safe place. Yeah. And that's what I see more than anything. I see these wonderful, wonderful students that come into my office that just have a mountain of pain that's, of course, normal for the things in their lives that have happened. And they just don't feel like they can share it or let it show. And so as soon as someone says, how are you, and means it, it comes spilling out. And then they're apologizing because they feel so terrible. But it's like those feelings have to come out to make room for the good stuff. And I just think there's not an understanding of that need to get rid of, to unload the stuff. And there's no no, uh, sense of making mistake is a valuable part of life. Right, like you learn from oh, failure, do and you it's ever—it's such an opportunity, yeah, but it's absolutely. not safe to do so. I think there's mm-hmm. a judgment culture. There's such a fear of judgment um, among young adults today and emerging adults that I can't make a mistake. Someone's going to laugh at me. Someone's going to make fun of me. Someone's going to post about it, whatever. Um, that it's almost immobilizing. Right. And so then you try to navigate relationships and intimate relationships in that context, and I think no wonder so many struggle. Yeah. Um, And I think a lot, you know, when it comes to kind of intimate physical relationships, there's, I think, this pressure on students to just jump into a physical relationship first. And, you know, I've had a student recently articulate to me, you know, I feel like if if I didn't have sex right away, I was going to be judged. Yeah. It's like, that is nuts. Well, the social social kind of standard, I guess, or or whatever you want to call it, is... um, if you're in college, it's kind of assumed that you probably would have lost your virginity. So if you had not, I mean, those that could be a stressful thing. You feel like yeah. it's something that you should just get over with. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's not sacred. It's or not just something that's it's a part of adulthood. Correct. So it's just one of yeah, those steps right. that exactly. it's sort of like and you just have to. And that of. could be a huge, you know, mental Absolutely. issue for some people. Absolutely. And I think um, along with that kind of pressure um, is just this sense of um sorry that's okay (laughs) (laughs) that i think there's a lot of people that come to relationships with different expectations and i think a lot of people are looking to get their heart needs met in a physical relationship with somebody and so you know one person may be coming just for oh this is just a night and this is just going to be fun and then the other party might be coming with like, I'm looking yep. to be like seen and understood. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there's a lot of that that happens. And so people get hurt yeah. because they're looking to fill a heart need with something that's not able to do that. Yeah. Um, and, and that I find is, can be really damaging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there might be some obvious differences, but what do you think the difference is um, over time? What has happened to young people w- when they step into these relationships? What's sort of the biggest mental health difference, I guess, that you would, would see yeah i think people that chronically just feel they have to kind of play that hookup game Mm -hmm. um it's like they just it's their view of themselves again it's back to that spiritual resilience and self-actualization that it's like what am i worth like i'm just not somebody anybody wants to really get to know i'm just somebody you know to just text in the middle of the night for a hookup and Mm -hmm. and so i think the biggest danger is students come to make judgments on themselves because of how they've been treated. And, yeah. you know, if I'm a crystal plate that's worth thousands of dollars 
and I get used as a Frisbee, does that reduce my value? Well, right. no. Even if I spend a winter in a snowbank, I'm still a crystal plate that deserves to be on display. Maybe a bad illustration. No, but we you get, get the yeah, idea. Good, good analogy. <laughs> totally. no, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, do, do you see sort of a pattern of, of what sort of to blame today of, of all this? Like, wh where does this judgment come from? Like, yeah, where, let's where, talk about the social media and the Yeah, I mean, that's, that's yeah. A, uh, social media is yeah. an obvious one, right? Yeah. I mean, like, that we can link it. I mean, the biggest change, obviously, is the fact that we're on our phones and we're um, in the sense of judgment that we see these people in these perfect lives. You got right? it. And so. we compare our blooper reel to everyone's highlight reel online. I think mm -hmm. that is a big danger. And it's not so much what's online, it's what we come to believe about ourselves and the world around us because of it. Mm -hmm. And it's the judgments, again, that we make that I think are the biggest danger. Right. Interesting. Yeah. And, and just just to kind of touch on that, um, everybody's highlight reel, I really like, like that sentence because we don't know what we're seeing if it's true. We're just mm -hmm. seeing what people are posting. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know their struggles. So everything that you're dealing with and you're comparing it to these picture-perfect people, these models, these superstars on Instagram, or even your friends who only post happy moments, people don't post their struggles, right? There's not they enough sure talk. Don't. There's not enough um, dialogue around these things, especially with, um, with younger people especially with younger males, there's that stoic kind of energy of yep. you can't open up, you can't be it's seen as vulnerable, safe. it's not safe, you'll be judged. Um, why is it that society kind of puts pressure on younger people and younger men, younger boys, males, to be perfect and to be stoic? And, and what kind of what kind of the, some of the things you might say to a younger gentleman who comes to you and just like you said, just really needs to open up and has just been kind of kept in, in boxes because society says, don't cry. Right, right. That's such a good question. I have such a heart for young men. I think it's really difficult. I think for young women today, the messaging, at least, is you can be anything. Mm. And, um, and I think for men, I think it's really difficult. I think it's really difficult for, for men today. And I think, again, it goes back to finding a safe place, finding a place you can express yourself. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of students don't have that at home. Um, some do, and I think when you've got parents that can be your cheerleaders or siblings or older mentors or coaches, um, that can be really, really helpful. But someone who sees you and gets you and can say you're not crazy, you're not broken, because I think the question every kind of teenager and emerging adult are asking is, am I normal? Am I okay? Do I have what it takes? Mm -hmm. And so to find people that you can actually be seen by, and it's a risk, right? It involves risking, and I think we can do it in calculated ways. So... If I had a young guy that came to me that was struggling with some of these kinds of issues, I would say to them, go through your whole phone contact list and think, okay, who are these people that might be safe? Make a list of five or six. Message each one of them and say, can we grab a coffee? Go out for coffee and then drop a nugget, a tiny little nugget, and just say something like, boy, I had a really rough weekend. And see how they respond. If they say, oh boy, wait to hear about my weekend. Or if they say, oh, toughen up. Or how about the Lakers, then you know that's not a safe person and cross them off their list. But if they say, whoa, I'm sorry to hear that. Like, what, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Maybe risk a little more. And we can actually start to intentionally build a community around us of people who see us where we can feel like we can be our true, authentic selves. And then that lets us empty out all those negative emotions so that we have room for all the good stuff that, that we want. And I think the other thing, and I've had... Um, I've had several students do this and get really free from it, 
is limiting the social media. Yeah. I've had some take take it off their phones, Instagram yep. or whatever one is really uh, a tricky one that, yeah. that causes stress and anxiety. And boy, it's a tough first week, but a lot of them have really found that helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And to just to kind of continue on what you said, that's scientifically proven to be to be an issue and to help and so uh, so excuse me psychologists have done research that removing yourself from social media for up to 14 days a month actually improves your mental health by up to 30 percent isn't that incredible so just getting off there for let's say how long let's say maybe you're on instagram two hours throughout the day just even halfening that or going exactly. on there for half an yeah. hour can really improve. And a lot of phones have those programs where they can shut you down yeah. <laughs> after a certain time. Because a lot of students say, oh, I have groups at class that use whatever. You know, there's some yeah. things you need to be on for. Absolutely. So go on, do your stuff, and then yeah. get yeah. yourself and, off. And, well, and that's the hard thing, too, is uh, as I'm an advertising student. And so that's a platform that I, I not only need to use for school, I need to use for my other projects, my extracurriculars outside of school. And so it's something I need to be constantly on. Right? Yes. Because it's not even just posting your own content and you need to be interacting with others. That's and it's right. sort of like this whole formula in order to, you know, but that's also, that's, that's, that's a it's stressful discipline. thing. Right? It's discipline. Absolutely. Because, yeah. And so deciding, okay, what do I need? How much do I need to be on professionally and, mm-hmm. and for school and academically? And then at what point is it too much? And then I think the other piece is what do we replace that with? Yeah. And face-to-face human time, I think... Like my kid, I have three kids that are 20 to 16. They will not use the telephone. Like, I don't know if you guys, <laughs> they won't phone anybody. Like, yeah. they just hate the phone. And, and I just think it's a generation that's so much more comfortable through a screen. And so, like, just can you reduce the time with a screen and try and increase your time in somebody's face, uh, I think can be really helpful, yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and going back to that question of sort of what's the advice you'd give young males what what's what's the advice you'd give young females as to the amount of pressure that they're under today because i mean both both pressures are very different or they could be very similar you know it's it's it doesn't have to be necessarily in those boxes but you definitely see common trends with with both yeah absolutely um yeah for the young gals that i see well i think it's both but like you say it manifests in different ways but it's the identity issues it's the who am i do i have value beyond my body Mm-hmm. and beyond just and and can I get a boy's attention or a partner's attention in any other way than just giving my body away right. on this first date or the second date right. and I think it's a whole mindset it's a whole way of thinking about yourself um, and that I feel like is the biggest struggle for girls is getting them to see and, and just that just because this is the culture this hookup culture it doesn't mean that that you have to be part of that um, yeah. And just encouraging girls to to kind of fight that pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the boys, too. In some ways, I think there's almost more pressure on a boy to just want sex all the time, right? Yeah. Um, and so to break that. But I think the quality relationship that these folks want, it's a great way to weed out the jerks, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's like, if that's what you want, then we're not wanting the same things. And that's yeah. okay to say yeah. that. Um, and, so I, and, and then I think the more you do that and, and the little moments you take your some of your power back you start to stand up a little straighter and you start to think no I do deserve more than this and 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 I've seen that happen as well and it's a beautiful thing to watch again just growing in health yes empowering it's beautiful that's good yeah that's awesome um one of the things I would like to kind of talk about is safe sex safer sex I don't know if there is such a thing as safe sex safer sex um 
this this college we used to um, have a huge um, availability of condoms for people to use. Uh, we don't do that anymore. Um, I know that's now down at uh, health services that we do. But other than really educating people around how to be safe, you know, consent, being with somebody that you respect and just taking your time, other than education, is there really an effective weapon against safe sex? I really, I really don't know. And yeah. that's kind of an open-ended question. And I really think that just, I might even answer my own question here, but I think education is the most powerful tool. Absolutely. When, when it comes to when it's it communication, comes to, exactly. right? Yeah. Communication, education, and just really realizing, like Kathy said, you don't need to rush into it. And, and even though there are these pressures and these stigmas, just be yourself and have the confidence to kind of um, not fall straight to those. Those pressures. And so what I would say is that the root of all that is that identity. It's that who am I? How do I deserve to be treated? Do mm -hmm. I deserve to be in a muddy snowbank or do I deserve to be in a display case, right? Mm -hmm. What is my value? What is my worth? Um, and I think it, it gets really messy really quickly where consent gets blurry when there's alcohol or drugs involved, mm -hmm. right? A and it gets messy really, really fast. Mm -hmm. And I think especially when we're looking again we're looking to meet needs in the wrong way. We're bringing heart issues to a bar yeah. and hoping to get that need met by some physical attention. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if you guys know about love languages, that we all have different ways that we feel loved. And um, so physical touch, words of affirmation, right. quality time, acts of service, and, and gifts. So and you typically need two. The those, people right? often have a top two. Right. Yeah, that's really, for me, it's physical touch and words of affirmation. And um, I think people who are very, that's their love language is touch and your tank is feeling empty. It's like, how can you tank yourself up so that you're not in a situation where you're out at a bar and you've had too much to drink and there's a cute somebody and, and, and things can get messy really fast. But if we sort of keep our tank full and we understand, okay, this is about this and not about this, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I feel like those are some of the root issues that can prevent some of these messy consent situations, mm. if, if that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, and, and people would take it personally if they were rejected too, right? You know, they, Always. They, if, they, if they don't see that, as, as they take it as a loss on them. It's like, what did I do? Like, you know, and it's, it's, it's not about that. It's sort of like those, th those oh, don't worry about that. <laughs> but those things, you know, the, the, the two people just didn't click. It, it Reed, just didn't. I'm so glad you brought that up. Honestly, this is one of my most frustrating things working with students. So often the filter is if something has happened, it's my fault. Yeah. If somebody doesn't return my text within a certain amount of time, it's because they don't value me. Mm -hmm. If, if someone snaps at me, it's about me. And 80% plus of what somebody throws at you in a day, whoever it is, it's not about you at all. And we take it so personally. Yeah. Well, it's, it's almost like human instinct that we, yes. that's the first thing that we go to. And it's not really about, you know, blaming ourselves for thinking that's that way. Right. It's sort of just catching ourselves in that moment of yes. going, well, whoa, like, you know, try to put your, not, and it's not just putting themselves in their shoes. It's just sort of, and we, we, we can't do that. Right. Because we, we have no idea what that person's thinking. Yeah. It's, it's timing. It's what's it's, their day been like. Exactly. And yeah, I just see it as a devastating trend where people just carry around so much hurt and based on someone else's like bad sleep last night or yeah. fight with mm -hmm. their parent this morning. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Or just, you know, and they could be a situation and it's happened from what I hear in a few cases of, I do really like that person, but I'm in a terrible space myself. And it sounds like to some people that sounds like, oh, that's a cliche or that's a, that's right. a cop out, but it's, you know, and you can't, you can't go to those things, right? Like you can't, you You're can't, right. and then end up judging that person. So that's right. it's always it's just such an immense amount of pressure. We put it in ourselves and, and each other. Yeah, we've all been there where we don't get that message back, and you start wondering, what did I do to bother them? Am yeah. I annoying them? Am I yeah. not good enough? You know, and Absolutely. then it really just starts that bad cycle all over yeah. again. And it's really it's really hard to come out of that place. And mm -hmm. the communication plays into that, right? Because we don't often want to directly ask, or if we do, we don't believe what people say. If they say it's not about us, and, and it yep. just gets, uh, yeah. It's messy. Messy. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess, um, is, would you say there's any other sort of skews to how young people today view sex as opposed to how we viewed it, um, say, 30, 40 years ago? Yeah, I think we really, um, Leighton, you were talking about the sacredness. You were kind of alluding to the sacredness of sexuality. And I think we can't, it's very hard to physically come together with somebody and not becoming together with your spirit and your soul and, and all of who you are. Mm -hmm. It's an incredibly, I believe, incredibly powerful. And interestingly, I can hear people arguing against this in, in my head as I've been in those conversations lots of times. But if you think about how much you can damage somebody with sex, how mm -hmm. damaging it can be, like yeah. if you think about rape yep. and how that rocks every level of who we are, mm -hmm. But yet we don't really acknowledge how powerful sex can be in a positive way right. by connecting on, on all those levels. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a fire. Which is what yeah. makes that more traumatic, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So sex, I think, is a way bigger force than we understand. Mm -hmm. It's like a fire. So a fire in a fireplace is great. A fire in a forest, like we've seen in Australia yeah. this yeah. winter, is devastating. And so it's like, where do you want your fire? How do you want to care wow. for it? Where does it need to be contained? Mm -hmm. And honoring and acknowledging this is big. This, you know, I, I guess I'm realizing I'm countercultural to many of our listeners, but I just believe sex is not something that can just be scratching an itch. I, I just don't think that's yeah. how we're wired. I think it goes way deeper. And then when we try, when we're surprised that these sort of physical relationships create all kinds of damage, I just think it's not a surprise because of how deeply it, it impacts us to connect with another person in a sexual way. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's very profound. Yeah, that's a great insight. And I think, um, you know, I think society's views on sex is changing. I think the average person, uh, I might be wrong here, but I believe the average person has about seven partners, sexual partners in their lifetime. At what I'll, age, do you know? I'm um, just curious. In their, in their lifetime. So by the time oh, they're... Oh, like, yeah, wow, okay. Yeah. So, you know, some people have way less, some people have way more. And I think it's just... It's so mainstream. Sex is so mainstream. You hear it in everything. You see it on everything. And we're be, we've become so accustomed to just talking talking about it and doing it. And the hookup culture, Tinder, went to it's right. a billion-dollar company. Like, you know what I mean? Sex is everywhere. Sex sells. It's in everywhere. 100%. It's yeah. everywhere. And it's just, it's it's so in our face every single day that I really think goes back to our little mini conversation. It's It's losing its sanctity. And it's not something that is... Um, kind of held to higher morals anymore and it's it's definitely different you know people having one partner and getting married and staying with that person those days are extremely extremely rare now you know most of the people by the time they leave this college will have had multiple partners and that's 
there's nothing wrong with that. That's just today's reality. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's really it's really not these people's fault in my view. It's society's overall arcing um, trend trend of sex is in your face. Here's here's what it is. You've learned about it. You know what it is, and it's really. Do you guys say you can answer this? Is it not as big a deal as it was five, ten years ago? And why do you think that is? Why is sex not a big deal anymore? I think it's it's we have access to it in our everyday lives yeah. with the internet. I mean, we're we're seeing it in so many different ways and so many different lights that it's kind of just ingrained in our culture. Yeah. And it's sort of and I think it goes back to that pressure that we're talking about, you know, that, that guys have is to, you know, I remember when I was in high school, it was sort of viewed as, um, how many kills do you have? Which is a pretty (laughs) disturbing, like sort of sentence in a lot of different levels. Right. Because that's just sort of, you know, that, that's, that's not, that's just saying, well, sex doesn't matter. Like you just keep going and see see how many partners. Exactly. It's just a number and it's, and it's, it's just degrading to, you know, the, and it goes to that, right? Like sex is a huge deal and it means, so much to us to be intimate with somebody um or or and it it means so many different things you know it it, it, you can't just define it in one way yeah right and i think the sad thing is a lot of students i meet with that are like what's wrong with me because i can't just have a one night stand and be fine with it like Mm -hmm. and so it's like you start thinking you're the crazy one when you can't play the hookup game and that to me is the most devastating Part, seeing students that think there's something wrong with them because yeah. they're not buying what the culture and society are and saying. And they scare themselves because they think they're so emotionally attached that, you know, they, That's right. they don't want to ever go back into that. That's right. Yeah. 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 It's, it, yeah, it, there's, there's not just one. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a complicated question. Yeah, you know? it is. And it really kind of gets you thinking just more about, you know, overarching societal structures and why, how did we come to this place? Mm-hmm. You know? I don't, from my, from my experience, it wasn't like this yeah. 20 years ago. So, mm-hmm. well, it's funny. I was actually, I was listening to uh, Joe Rogan and Bill Maher was on, he, they were talking about uh, the dangers of pornography and sort of how pornography is sort of, and that, I think that's the biggest thing for young people is it's sort of, we have this visual uh, ex- expectation of what sex should be. Absolutely. And realistically, that's not at all what it is. Like it's, it's, it's a completely... And today, 80 plus percent of mainstream pornography invi- involves violence. Yeah. And wow. Yeah. And the impact that that is having on relationships and on consent issues yeah. is significant. Wow. And it taints our view. Um, there was a, a workshop years ago uh, around this issue and just talking about how pornography rewiring our brains and and escalating what we need to feel gratified mm-hmm. it, it and it doesn't just kind of like oh I, I like this it's like it gets you need more and more and more yeah and to the point that a lot of young men need viagra to be able to have sex with their teenage girlfriends oh because they've watched so much porn that that they require just this massive unrealistic level yeah. of arousal mm-hmm. um but the cool thing is that goes the other way. So the, the way to sort of treat that, if, if that's you, and that's so many of our young people that, that are caught in that cycle of addiction, and addiction and mental health go hand in hand, unfortunately. And porn addiction, sex addiction, it's not fun to talk about, but it's a reality so many, and there's so much shame around it. Yeah. It just, oh, it just breaks my heart. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing is uh, we can get free from it. 
And again, it's hard. And that's where we need people that we can be real with. It's so critical to have a safe community. Um, and when we have people that we can be held account, accountability is a huge way of kind of getting free of that. But we can actually sort of starve that part of ourselves and, and retrain our bodies to come down to kind of a normal level where we can function mm -hmm. in a healthy relationship long term yeah. and, uh, and get that part of ourselves healed. Uh, it is a tough journey, but that again is something I'm just so passionate about. Uh, is just building that kind of a healthy community of authenticity where those kind of relationships are possible, and it's not just about how we come across, but we can deal with these sort of issues because yeah. there's so much shame around it. It's just mm -hmm. well, and 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 going back to what you said about you know 80 percent of it is violence, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that would listen to that and they would think oh, well, that's not true. Or they would think, well, that's not the point that I watch. Or that's not, that's right. not what I'm watching at hand. And it's, that's, that's probably because they're so stimulated and they're so used to that, that being It's really normal. hard. Normal, it's yeah. hard and they, they don't know what our... violence is. They don't know. They, they have no idea. And no one, is, no one is educating them on that. No one is saying this yeah. is this, what is right and what is wrong or what is a gray area. Yeah, it's not talked about. No, we yeah. don't talk about this stuff. It is devastating. And the worst part about that is a large percent of that violent porn is actually happening. It's actually abuse, actual abuse that's being filmed. So it's not just being acted out. There's a lot of actual sexual abuse of women mm -hmm. taking place that's being filmed and sold as pornography. Like, it's just, it's such a dark, insidious, awful yeah. snare that just traps young people. And it's not just guys. Yeah. There's a lot of young women today yeah. Yeah. that are struggling with porn addiction as well. So I, I guess for, for the students that are watching this, what are, what are some resources that they have at hand here at the college other than yourself and um, just, just anywhere they can go in the college to kind of get that education piece and, and talk to someone about this? So our counseling and wellness group are just outstanding. They're just such a great group of people. Um, so they would be available as a resource. Um, what about any mental health services in and with our uh, city Kingston? Yep, there's some yeah. mental health lines that are available. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, could you even, barring trauma, could you could you not go to a hospital and see somebody? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely they can point, point you in the right direction. I mean, I've got a lot of material in my office. Yes. There's a lot of material yeah. in the lobby of the counseling services, so you don't even have to kind of go in and make an appointment. You can just walk by and pull on many of their pamphlets yes. that have a lot of these phone numbers and talk lines and helplines and mental health. There's some Ontario ones, some Kingston ones yep. um, that, that are available in their office or online. Or online. Yeah. The yeah. point is, is that somebody's always willing to listen, whether it be face-to-face -face or over the telephone. Yeah. Um, you just really have to take that first step to realize I need to talk to somebody or I want to talk to somebody and, and go see them or pick up the phone. Absolutely, and, and, and not huge. feel that, that you're going to be judged, exactly, or you know, it's a, it's you know anything that you say is is, is on the table. Yeah, and right. I think that goes back to the highlight reel, blooper reel. Yeah. Having worked in a counseling capacity for twenty years, everyone struggles. Yeah. Everyone struggles, and the sex thing, in just to be specific, everyone has to fight and win that battle. It's it's a battle for all of us at every age and every stage. We all have to kind of figure out where that fire belongs in our own lives. So everybody's kind of this. I just hate this sense like, oh, I don't struggle. And so that's just one area. But in relationships, in in finances, in mental health, we all have those battles. We all have those voices. And it's just that sense that we have to pretend we don't. That makes me crazy because we all have those struggles. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so just 
feeling like you're not alone. And that's part of the problem is, as I think when those mental health demons start chirping at us, it's like, this is all you. Everyone else is smiling and happy. You're walking around and everybody's mm-hmm. got their unicorns and rainbows. <laughs> you don't see people's pain. You only see your own. And, and yeah. it's just such a myth. We all struggle. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think some of the overarching themes of why that is and why we tend to we acknowledge that everybody struggles, but going back to the social media piece, I think yeah. that as even though as much as, as far connected as we are, we're more alone than we ever have been before. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think something that struck me is, um, just to go along with this point, I was in New York City a couple of weeks ago, and there was this homeless lady, and she was sitting on, on the corner, she's sitting on the ground in, in Times Square. She held up a sign that said, do I matter to anybody? And she was sitting there on Friday after New Year's Eve, and there was probably six, seven hundred thousand people walking around. Not a single person, myself included, stopped to talk to her or to give her a little bit of change or to do anything. But if it just kind of shows you that, you know, you walk right by this person, this person doesn't matter to you, has no bearing on my life. It, it, she's not worthy of my time or whatever it was or whatever went through my head or everybody else's head at that point. But it really, it's something that I've thought about in the past couple of weeks. I should have done something. I should have said hi. I should have bought her something. But it really goes to show you that, you know, somebody can sit in Times Square with a sign that says, why don't I matter to anybody? And not a single person stops. And it really kind of just to show you the barriers and the walls that we still have to break down in society when it comes to talking to people about uncomfortable things. Mm-hmm. Whether that be poverty, whether it be, you know, sex. Or just talking. Ex- anything. Doesn't exactly. You know, Mental the, health, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and it doesn't even have to be a, d- a deep conversation yes. at all times, right? Like, yeah. it, it, you know, I've, I find people that sometimes even struggle to have, um, you know, small talk. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot small of social anxiety. Yeah. Small talk is tough. What are you supposed yeah. to talk about? Yeah. The weather? Yeah. Like, what, what right. comes up? What do you talk about? Right? No, definitely. 100%. You get in that little... You haven't seen somebody in a couple of weeks. Say, hey, how's it going, man? Yeah. How was your holiday? How's the weather? How's school? Like, you hit those three, four topics. I'll see you later. Yeah. Right? It's just one of those things. And again, I feel People judged. I feel like you're evaluating yeah. me. Oh, my gosh, I have to say something. Yeah. I can't. We yep. can't have a silent moment. It's, it's all that self-critiquing that goes on top. Mm-hmm. So you've got this awkward conversation, but then you've got your own inner dialogue that's yeah. kind of hollering at you. It's just hard to focus when you've got those voices in your head kind of condemning you. Okay, quick, 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 come up with something. You know, it's just, it's sad. Yeah, it really is. People are weird, eh? We're kind of funny things. (laughs) But you know what? We can get better. We can get healthier. And reaching out to each other is how we do it. And actually, can I plug something? Yes, please. please. So um, Chaplain Services is working in conjunction. So we have a Christian club on campus called Geneva SLC. Um, And again, we're just really passionate about creating a safe space for people. Um, We have an intern named Catherine who's, who's here on the college almost full-time to just help with the Geneva SLC. So she and I are working together. We're also working with Footprints and the SA, and we're going to be offering a free breakfast starting the second week of February on Friday mornings in the pub. And it's not kind of a food grab. We are wanting to... We want to talk. We want students to come in. We want to make eye contact and say, how are you? And actually care about the answer. We want to just like not a big heavy every time. We want to build a community. We want to build a safe space for people to come in and sit down and have a cup of coffee, maybe only for 10 minutes, but just to be able to be together and to feel like someone remembers your name 
or tries really hard to. I'm really struggling. <laughs> I just struggle with names. But I want to learn names. I want it to be a place where we can build authentic community mm-hmm. where people can feel like I belong. I'm not awkward. Absolutely. Or if I am, it's okay because yeah. we all are. You can be yourself. You yeah. can walk in there and have a conversation and enjoy a nice cup of coffee. It yeah. Sounds like a great idea. So, so when are those again? So it's going to be starting. We're actually just in meetings this week to sort of hammer out details. So you'll be hearing about it. I think we're going to be launching on a Friday morning. Um, like I say, more details to come. Awesome. Keep an Fair ear enough. out on that one. Yeah. Awesome. Great. We'll make sure to let everyone know. And, thank um, you. Yeah. And, and, and thank, thank you so much for coming on, Kathy. I it's think this amazing. was... Uh, Before we let you go, awesome. where can uh, somebody find you to use your services? Yes. Great question. Because it, it has been tricky. A lot of people don't know I'm here. So I appreciate the question. So I work out of the SA. Okay. Uh, so upstairs and just up the main front stairs, um, I'm here kind of in the building Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But the best way to reach me is just to email chaplain at sl.on.ca. And I'm very flexible to meet. um, I meet with some staff members um, that aren't comfortable to meet me in public. They don't want to be seen with me in public around here, (laughs) 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 which I understand. And so I'll pick you up at the front door and we'll head off to Tim Hortons or go sit in my van by the water. if You don't want to be seen at Tim's (laughs) with me, which happens. And I I get that. So just listen. Yes. Oh my gosh. Listening is huge. And you know what? That's another thing for students. If, if, if you're concerned about your friends, ask a question and wait and listen for the answer. And I think if we learn to listen to each other more, I think that breaks down so much of what we've talked about today that, that we're working on and it helps all of us get better. Absolutely. Great. Well, again, thank you for your time. This has been great. Um, Hopefully we learn some, t- some uh, you know, good things of how to how to combat these when, when we face them, some, yeah. some relationship issues, and don't be afraid to talk people. Just, you know, find somebody that you're comfortable with, build that community, and have those difficult conversations because we're all human and we all need to talk. Yeah, absolutely. People. Yeah, thank well, you so much, Kathy. It's been a joy. You guys are awesome. Thanks thank for you. doing this and, and talking about the important real stuff. I love this, that you're here doing this. No. So thanks so we much. We try. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Cheers. Have a good day. That was awesome. Um, Good conversation. Eh? Yeah, that, that that and that that went on for longer than we planned. But oh, yeah, I mean, like you can't cut a conversation like that, no. right? Like, um, and again, like going back to the fact that even though that Kathy is is the chaplain here, um, she doesn't necessarily she doesn't push those religious um, values onto people. Right. You know, even though she has those resources for people, um, it's just about counseling. It's just about finding exactly. Um, and you can tell just from that conversation how open and how lovely she is. Yeah, you can come to her with anything. Yeah, and a lot of what she deals with is it's not faith based. And it, exactly it be, right? when you think and you think of a chaplain as being pretty like old school, of course, right? Whereas that was a very you know that's a. Yeah. That's a conversation in 2020, and that's a conversation that uh, everyone should be having. Of course. Right. Um, so we want to thank people that will be listening, and we want to encourage you to share um, this podcast with everyone. Again, you can listen to us on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcast, uh, SoundCloud, YouTube, pretty much everything. Anything. Um, yeah. So go ahead and share, and again, continue to have these conversations because they're very important, uh, especially with uh, relationships that you're in or just any, any relationship yeah. in general. Especially right? with Valentine's right around the corner. Yep. It's That's important right. to keep these things in mind and uh, just keep yourself safe. Absolutely. Day, Absolutely. Right? So thank you, Kathy, for coming on. And uh, thank you for listening. Right. We'll see you next week.